0: Now, tuned into the best, best fatherhood radio show in the world. For, for, furthering fathering, fathering Radio Show. It's the Furthering Fathering, fathering Radio Show. The, the, the brothers are back in the building. Brother J in NYC and Brother L in the ATL. The, the, the Furthering Fathering Radio Show starts in five, four, three. Two, one. You ready? Let's get the conversation started. I emphasize
1: that if anyone is listening to this as a replay or listening to it live, connect with further and You will be encouraged. You will be edified. The 20, 30 minutes that we're on the radio chopping it up is nothing compared to the energy and the strength you will receive from men who love you just because you're a man. And as they get to know you, they speak life to you, they challenge you, they affirm you, and they enable you to be powerful where you're needed, which is with your family. Brother Derek, you're Welcome,
2: welcome, welcome to another Furthering, Fathering Radio Multicast, which will be aired not only on the radio, but via video. And um, we're here with the incredible uh, Bishop, William L. Harris IV. I'll introduce him formally in a moment, but we always start off with a little anecdotal. We'll, we'll go into a little bit of scripture and we'll pray, and then we'll get back, get right to it. And, and you know, we have uh, to be wise and to grow personally during these times. We have to grow our families and we have to grow our organizations. Uh, it requires resources. It requires strategy um, as leaders with more and more uh, 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 work is plentiful, um, but the laborers are few. Um, when operating as a dad or a leader, we need skills. We need structures. We need strategies to grow. With faithful expectation of suitable, uh, uh, sustainable growth and expansion of vision quality preparation, team building, increased competency, development, wise counsel, and clear messaging are paramount. Um, We are very excited that this is something that our Heavenly Father has uh, instructed us to do and directed us to do. Um, In a recent interview, we said that directions are for telling us where to go. But instructions tell us how to get there. And we need both. And we have an incredible man in in our midst to help us with uh, time as this, instructions and clarity. So I'm going to go to Proverbs. Proverbs 24, verses uh, 3 and 4, where it says, Through wisdom is a house builded and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge of the chambers filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Heavenly Father, we need the soul power, the mental health strength and fortitude of strategic leadership as dads, as men of God, and as men designed for your purpose. Help us to have not only strategic leadership where we take into account the details, but help us to build capacity, to enlarge our barns, to build stable structures. So that those who are covered under your covering within the structures you've designed us to operate in, operate in safety, operate in utility, operate in wisdom, operate in peace operate in verve and hope, fervently, excited, joyfully, willingly, obediently. We thank you, Lord, for your call for strategic leadership, for your call for balance, for wisdom, for humility, and for love. We thank you, Lord, that you've designed us, Lord, to uh, uh, propagate and perpetuate because we think multi-generationally when you ask us to build. Thank you, Lord, for this time with an incredible man of God. In the matchless name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Christ, as we are all led by the Ruach Kakadesh, the Holy Ghost, in victory. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 So hey, I'm going to
2: introduce to you some, some of you may know, you all yes. should know, <laughs> this incredible man, uh, Dr. Bishop <laughs> William L. Harris IV. William L. Harris IV, Bishop Harris, or William L. Harris is a master of vision and has a unique ability to bring people together. And that anointing and his vision of reform have opened doors all around the world. It is a vision of the apostolic reformation and manifestation that serves Bishop Harris in his role as presiding bishop of the International Christian Apostolic Fellowship, connecting bishops, pastors, and leaders locally and globally. In addition to serving as presider of ICAF, I-C-A-F, Bishop Harris is the senior pastor and founder of four churches located in Indiana, California, and the Philippines and Pakistan. He holds bachelor's degree in religious education, a master's degree in theology, a doctorate in theology, and three honorary doctorates from some of the nation's esteemed university. He Hmm. is married to First Lady Regina M. Harris. Happy Mother's Day and They have two children, William L. Harris V. and Ramia M. Harris. Bishop travels the world far and wide. His impact can be attributed to transparency and the anointing of God that has gifted him for such a time as this. We present to you the esteemed William L. Harris, Bishop William L. Harris, the you, Bishop,
0: sir? welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the show again. Again, Thank Bishop, again. before before <laughs> Jeremy, uh Pastor Jay uh went into uh introducing you, I, I was about to go into a I'm quite sure our listening audience remember this voice, this great man of God, because when you was with us last time, you was dropping some great nuggets. And towards the end of the show, we had one of our sisters, uh, a dynamic daughter of distinction that Uh, you were speaking into her life to give her some wisdom on how to move forward uh, from that hurt and um, lack of love and 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 appreciate and I love how you you let her know you reminded her you know what was done to her was may not have been done intentionally so um, and and I rest assured that Uh, She received that because uh, we've had conversation afterwards and she was just so grateful for your Mm. words of wisdom. So I I just want to just give you that just to thank you, as they say, give give you your your roses while you're here. So I just want to just elevate that. And uh, we appreciate that because that's one phenomenal sister. And if you could help her her to remove that blockage or that hurdle in her journey on 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 sisterhood, um, kudos and, and thank you for that.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. It was my pleasure uh, to be with you then. And, and we're excited to be back with you today.
2: <laughs> awesome. 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 Well, uh, quickly, I'd like to say hello, thank you, and love you to all of our watchers on Fly TV and KCAA's um, audio podcast, video podcast platform. We'd also like to say hello, God bless you and love you to all of our KCAA. Uh, uh, listeners in San Bernardino in LA in California in WWAE in Atlanta WCAP in Boston, WCKG in, in Chicago and WGHT in New York and New Jersey. Uh, love you. Stay tuned yeah. Yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah take notes. Take notes. <laughs> oh first Bishop, how are you? How's the family? your fatherhood, your church, and what have you been up to? You know, the, the current events, the upcoming events, the projects, the initiatives, building, Stur's University, which I'm excited about, and, and national conferences alike. How, what are you, <laughs> what's, what's going on, Bishop? <laughs> hey,
1: it's, a, it's an exciting time to be alive. It's an exciting time to be alive. And, uh, you know, oftentimes yes. after this, uh, Great COVID outbreak. I'm always just appreciative of being alive. That's that's where I always start, just thanking God for being alive. And so many of our uh, associates and friends died in the pandemic, pastors, mm-hmm. leaders. So the fact that we've survived—that's the start. I'm, I'm really exiting. I'm in a post-pandemic type of mo- movement. I've kind of put the pandemic behind me at this point, and we're kind of entering to another dimension. So. Um, churches are opening back up, which makes my schedule more demanding. Uh, businesses are opening back up. As many of you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so I have, uh, I'm an owner of some restaurants as well as pastoring. And um, I did an interview with the uh, newspaper not long ago, and they asked me a question. They said, How are you thriving and not surviving? Most of the restaurants around me went out of business. And uh, for some reason, the favor of God was upon our entrepreneurship. Uh, and it's a company that I actually, uh, founded for my children. And, um, uh, so I opened up, uh, something that would be a stream of income for them. You know, if something ever happened to me, something to leave in, in legacy. And it happened that, uh, my restaurant did better in my County than most restaurants in the whole County. And so we didn't just survive, but, uh, last week we opened up a food truck and, um, mm-hmm. uh, what a joy it was to see my children, my son and daughter. Uh, they've now learned the business. It's about two years old now. And uh, they, they're they the managers and the supervisors, bossing everybody around in, in the business of the <laughs> day. We, I walked in and I don't go much anymore. I walked in the other day and a uh, joy just to see them counting their own money, uh, hiring people, interviewing people, uh, lines of people out the door and watching them actually as, as early Uh, young adults still in their teens, running a a business on their own. So, you know, a lot of joy in seeing the business run. Churches are, of course, back open uh, and growing and and planning. And then, of course, our organizational um, structure starts in 30 days, the month of June, I think 20th, start of the ICAF seasons. You know, our national convention is coming up October 20th. Uh, That's in Atlanta, Georgia. And then the last thing is what you mentioned was our Pastors University. This is what I'm very excited about. It was an online format for leaders. as pastors and leaders literally around the world that trains together once a month. So I take an hour and a half or so once a month and uh, pastors and leaders and entrepreneurs all over the country uh, said, what can we do to connect with you? I couldn't fly to everyone. I couldn't travel to everybody. So I thought that we would come up with this great idea of having a Pastors and Leaders University. And uh, I put it out there thinking that I could get 20 or 30 pastors and leaders that say, hey, mentor us, train us. And on the first uh, Pastors and Leaders University, that was just about three weeks ago, we had over 100 pastors Mm -hmm. all around the world. Literally, we had like 20 pastors in Haiti, Pakistan, India, all across the United States. And now We're getting ready for the next one, which is May 23rd. And now we have over 200 pastors and leaders signed up uh, for, and we're talking about strategic leadership um, and just training them in certain subjects that I think will enhance their abilities to either pastor. Uh, Some of them are non-pastoral, they're just leaders in their church or community. And then we have also entrepreneurs who are a part of this class. So we're super excited about the Pastors University And and again, our next course is May 23rd. For those that may be interested, maybe some of your listeners want to connect, they can just go to www.drwilliamharris.com and they can sign up. It's not too late to sign up to be a part of the Pastors and Leaders University. So thank you for giving me a chance to talk about that. But we're very excited about uh, those upcoming events.
2: Same here. I was at the first one. And yeah. I'm looking forward to the next one. And Absolutely. In, in the onset of Lamont and I even starting further and furthering, we had what was called Enhancement uh, uh, Bible College. And we, we shut it down till 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 later on, until it could really gain some ground and, and bear fruit. So I'm excited about yeah. Pastors and Leaders Universities. We're, we're, we're right here, Bishop. We're right here, right here, yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, B- Bishop, that that's great. And I love how the first part when you was uh, just talking about your kids, just yes. h- how exciting you were, how exciting, yes. you know, it made you to just walk in and just see, um, you know, the fruits of your labor of, of what you intended it to be to just like blow you blow you away. And now you can uh, appreciate those moments and and, and um, see legacy being built and, and develop right before your eyes. So I I commend you on that. And and I'll ask you, Bishop, as as dads and leaders, you know, it's vital that we have faith, but we also want that practicality to put into place where we expect growth and we prepare, uh, but we need those opportunities to be in place. And and what does it mean to entail to grow capacity for strategic leadership as a dad and as a leader? Yeah,
1: Uh, that's a heavy and a loaded question. Um, I'll start by saying uh, you can't give something you don't have. You mm. can't give anything you don't have. If, if it's not in you, you can't, you can't give it. And to me, capacity is what you have. It is what uh, has been deposited into you, what you have learned or experience or what you've learned formally. Yeah. But you cannot you cannot give your children or you cannot give those that follow you, something that you don't have. And so in order for me to give to my children legacy or to give to the pastors and leaders that follow me mentorship or direction, I've got to have a well for that information to spring from. There's got to be something in me in order for me to give to other people. And I think we would all do well to make sure that we're connected to the right people that can give us what we have need of. I'm, as a leader, always staff to my weaknesses. And so a good leader doesn't think they have everything. So even if I don't feel like I have the capacity for it, then I'm going to staff to my weakness. I'm going to get around people that are doing what I want to do. I'm going to stay connected to people that are going where I want to go. One of my main uh, quotes that many of my followers hear me say all the time is you become a product of your environment. What you hang around is ultimately what you're going to become. And so capacity uh, is very important. And uh, to grow capacity, there are, there are some key um, uh, principles I could give tonight that would help an individual grow capacity. So once you learn you got to have it, and you can't give something that you don't have, then you want to try to find how to grow it. How do we how do we make our capacity grow? I'll give you a couple of principles. Mm-hmm. And number one, it's all about your focus. So I would say practice extreme focus. So first of all, a person has to have extreme focus. That's either working with your children or if you're going to work even in, in corporations, we've got to identify the, the ca- capacity um, that we have. And then if what we don't have it, to grow it, we've got to practice extreme focus. You cannot get distracted. You know, Hmm. COVID made people in the business world get distracted. They were in so much fear of losing their company. They didn't have strategy. I was talking about our company earlier. We had about 10 businesses on the same street and probably seven of them went out of business because they could not pivot. They could not adjust to this new climate. They lost focus, got anxiety, start having panic attacks. Some of them got emotionally drained. Uh, and got depressed and they lost their vision simply because they lost their focus. So if you lose your focus, more than likely you're going to lose your vision. Number two, I often tell people to expand capacity, seek out experts, seek out people mm-hmm. in your field. Uh, if you're a father and you're having a problem, sometimes men, we have a problem with asking other men for help, uh, seek out people that can deposit into you or can exhort you or to encourage you. You do know, this, this is something just came to me. You know, you want to be around people that make your baby leap. You know, uh, <laughs> I want to be around people that when I talk to them, man, it drives me. It, it lifts me, it makes my vision leap. It makes the things that I want to do. If I have problems in family, I want to talk to somebody that going to make me know, you know, it could get better. And so always stay around people that make your baby leap. Stay around people that know where you're trying to go. Number three, surround yourself with people who make you want to get better. You know, I want to be around yeah. people that make me want to get better. I don't want to be around people always talking negative, yeah. telling me what I can't do, what I can't accomplish, where I can't go. You know, anybody can see a, a hundred foot oak tree, mm-hmm. but not many people can see the oak tree in the seed form. And so you got to get people that can see you. You haven't grown. You don't have the capacity. You haven't matured yet. You're just a seed, maybe even waiting to be planted But you got to have people around you that can see a 100-foot oak tree in a seed. Those are the people that are going to cause you to grow. They're going to nurture you. They're going to push you. They're going to tell you not what you can't do. They're going to tell you what you can do. And then lastly, I tell people, don't be afraid uh, to, if you're in business or you're a pastor or you are a CEO, don't be afraid to hire people who are better and smarter than you. Hmm. One of the things we, are, we have a problem with is competitiveness, especially in our cultures. We are, we are very competitive with people that may know more or have been exposed to more. If you're going to be successful in business in this culture, you're going to be a successful pastor. You're going to be a special leader. You're going to have to be able to get people around you that are smarter than you because they will increase your capacity. Now, if you compete with them, okay. you won't be very competent in increasing capacity. But when you embrace intelligence, when you embrace people that may know more than you, believe it or not, just hanging with them, sitting in the room with them. My kids, um, I had a birthday actually in April and I became one year older. I won't tell you how old I am, but one year older. (laughs) And my kids, I have a son who is now 20 and my daughter is 18. So they are just young adults, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I am really apt with social media. I think I, I'm pretty good at it. But I got around my kids, and, and, and just sitting in the room for 10 minutes, let me know, they're way ahead of me. Like, I thought <laughs> I had it. They're sitting here, you don't know what you're doing on Facebook, you don't know what you're doing on Instagram. They're trying to tell me, man, you, you don't have a clue what's going on on Snapchat. You don't have a clue. So they're, they're training me. You got the wrong phone, you got the wrong apps. And I sit there and laughed they told me i was out of touch now i've got an 18 year old and a 20 year old telling me i'm out of touch but i got leaders all over the world wanting to follow me y'all get the difference it just depends yeah. on who you're around you're never gonna arrive to be the smartest man in the room and whenever you become the smartest man in the room you're in the wrong room you're just in the wrong okay. room because you're not gonna learn and your capacity will stop based upon your exposure and so there are some principles i could keep going but those are some principles that I would subscribe to people that want to grow your capacity because your capacity is so important because you cannot give something that you don't already have.
2: Powerful. 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 Man. Uh, uh, Man. We're on we're on uh further and farther or multicast with Bishop William L Harris talking strategic leadership and building capacity. Are uh, we're going to stop for a quick break because we you know, we got to deal with the sponsors, right? Right. So, we'll be right back
0: Fly TV the home of on demand talk shows and so much more where celebrities, athletes and entertainers put their content on to be seen by their fans for more information visit Fly TV at fli.tv.com ladies life is too short to be seen wearing boring jewelry come on over to Unique De Loop
1: handmade jewelry and designs for your exclusive one of a kind boho sleek fashionable jewelry log on to www.uniqueloopdeloop.com or join me on Instagram live at uniqueloopd5 each wednesday 8pm eastern standard time
0: Haven Church Global the safe place to grow in grace where peace is made and the truth makes us free join the Haven Church Globals e service every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a word of encouragement on Jeremy Anthony Maynard's Facebook page and the Jeremy Maynard YouTube page. For more information, visit HavenChurchOfNY.org. Let's get the conversation started.
2: And we are back. We are here with the wise Bishop William L. Harris Talking strategic leadership and building capacity.
0: Yeah, hey, Bishop, you you just dropped um, so much. You know, I, I'm gonna actually do the replay on this uh, on my Spotify and everywhere else. But uh, one thing, several things jumped out at me, and that 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 was, you know, don't be afraid to hire someone that may know more than you. You know, you know, Bishop, I haven't heard that in uh, a lot of the great leaders but you made my baby jump because that let me know that you're very solid in your leadership. And and I commend you for that because a lot of leaders as well as pastors uh, may see that as, as fearful. You know, why bring someone in that may know more than me because the they may, take my position, you know, even CEOs, like, Why hire someone that knows more than me? So I just want to lift that up as a man, as a leader. I commend Absolutely. you for, for that brave statement, but it's so true. And we know a, a lot of truth uh, will be confrontational, but thank you for oh, yeah. that, Bishop.
1: Absolutely. I was going to add one thing to what you said that may bring a little more enlightenment on that subject. There is no success without a successor. And the reason why many of our churches collapse after, you know, we went through a season of iconic leaders, I'll call them iconic leaders where a great men started these great ministries or even businesses. Mm-hmm. Then when they die, they had 3,500 members, mega churches, they die and the sheep scatter or the CEO die and the company is over because there is a difference between what I call empire builders and kingdom builders. Yes. Uh, an empire builder builds only for one generation. They build only for themselves. They only build yes. for their their day. A kingdom builder builds for the future. He's building for his children. You can apply this to fathering because yes. if you're a father and you only build for your day, you only build for when you're alive, then we wonder why our successional generations are getting worse, but they should get better. They should, every generation should be more financially astute or every generation should be getting better, but sometimes they don't get better because we're building empires and kingdoms around ourselves and not building the kingdom of God. So if you understand the theory that there is no success without a successor, your leadership changes because everything that I'm building now is not just for 2022. I'm trying to build. So my children's children can have a future or the next five pastors of my church, they don't have to work as hard as I have to work because I wanna build a foundation that they can stand on. And if we all would learn that if we die and there is no successor, you have not been successful. So if we would put more into this current generation from You can use this for almost everything that the world is going through. You can talk about uh, the Black-on-Black black crime. You can talk about Black Lives Matter. You can talk about fathering future sons and daughters. You can talk about churches, secession, business secession. If we would all start putting more time in understanding uh, who our successors are, we would make sure that there is a continuing success in our generations, in our race, in our business, and specifically, as fathers uh, of this generation.
0: Powerful! Oh my goodness! Whew. Hey, hey AJ.
2: Is there a, a bug in this room? Hey, AJ. <laughs> hey, Jay. Jay, let me tell
0: you, man. We we don't have a sound effect of a Hammond B three, but we may have to get us yeah, one. I know.
2: <laughs> Bishop. Yeah. There's something that has always resonated with me, and uh, loving etymology, I always said that success is the prefix of succession. Mm-hmm. You just like, you just built a whole complex mm-hmm. around that.
1: Right.
2: Oh my goodness. Oh right. my goodness. And you know, we say that vision begets uh, abundant life. You know, um, that vision you're talking about, that propagates and perpetuates from generation to generation. Your you, you, vision begets abundant life and Truth begets freedom, you say the truth makes us free. And specificity is is truth fluency. The more specific you are, the more clear the vision is being uh, dispensed and imparted. Clarity is the proper annunciation of truth and vision. As As a vision is imparted by a leader, why is clarity
1: so important? For a leader and those he's leading, you know, um, I, I'm going to add a word uh, to clarity, and that would be decisiveness. Um, yes. Because I think clarity and decisiveness are inseparable; that you can't separate them from strategic ability, and so are the pillars of of a family or an organizational's uh, longevity. Uh, not to mention our own personal leadership success. You you can immediately, in many cases, see the consequences of failing to have clarity. Specifically, I'm called into uh, corporations or churches to, to collaborate and to consult. And I can, I can go into an organization within the first hour or so and I can see the consequences of a corporation or a church not having clarity. Without, the, without clarity, there is no roadmap to the future. So clarity provides us with a roadmap of the future. The Bible says without a vision, you know, the people perish. Mm-hmm. And, and clarity of purpose, uh, or we can say a clear understanding of the goal provides a leader with an idea of what they want. And it also provides the uh, people that follow them with an idea of what they should do. So with clarity, a leader can motivate a team and, and provide a map to show the direction to success. If a leader does not have clarity, then they really don't have a map for their success. I'll give you an illustration. In our Pastors and Leaders University, our next class, uh, I I wrote a a handbook, a workbook uh, called A Polished Preacher, and we're going to start talking about Mm -hmm. homiletics, the art and science of preaching. So I'm training pastors that are on this that have been preaching for 40 years, and I've got people that have been preaching for four days, okay? And so a lot of my older pastors said, I don't really think I need... A class on homiletics right because they've been preaching for 40 years now watch this a lot of pastors that have been preaching for 40 years that have not had the proper training will get up on the pulpit and ramble literally ramble for 45 minutes and could have said it in 10 minutes but because they have no roadmap, no manuscript no notes in front of them they believe in extemporaneous preaching which means preaching at the spur of the moment. No preparation. God just going to give me something to say. And they get up there and they pray. And God can do that. We understand, except when his preaching happens. But I try to tell people, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and, and not have it. So we have a roadmap of success that's going to cause me to be a better spokesman. So in other words, clarity creates an excitement that will drive the leader and his team. Without vision, without clarity, without decisiveness, uh, it'll take you 40 years to go somewhere where it will have took 11 days. And so you see a lot of like uh, corporations, businesses, families, fathers that are taking 40 years to make impact that they could make in 11 days if they would only sit down first and get clarity, uh, get a roadmap, uh, get, be decisive about Uh, What do you want to do? And if you can get that, you could probably save yourself a whole lot of pressure, anxiety, and stress by just being clear with where you want to go. There was a a man uh, by the name of Enon. It's just coming to me. He's a great theologian. He said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. You know, you're, you're driving. you're you're moving, but you really ain't going nowhere. And a lot of people feel like they have direction, but they don't have clarity in where they wanna go. So clarity is so important for everything that we would try to do as fathers and also leaders.
2: That's powerful, that's powerful. We're here with um, Bishop William L. Harris and he is dropping bombs. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Whereas strategic leadership, And building capacity are concerned. Um, Bishop, um, we have, you know, we grow, you know, you know, we're in the process of growing and you need a strong team. You know, I always say if you say someone's an important part of your life, you're admitting that you're not the sum total of your life. You what it is is that your life is a team, and you just have to be a quality team member in your team. You know, teams need people, resources, directions, and development. Uh, in a recent conference, you, st- you stated that you cannot build without training and understanding. And added, with training, there will uh, without training, there will be misunderstanding. Why is that for a, a leader in general, and more specifically, why is that critical for dads to be trained? and train their children.
1: You know, I I, I was just thinking about that. And um, I think it's very, very important that uh, specifically and I wanna really highlight fathers uh, right now and and really the training of our our children because I think it's really important that we understand that once we have a child, once a child is born um, and, and we became a parent uh, this business of nurturing and training becomes ours, no matter how much we want to do it or how much we want to separate ourselves from it. Once you get a child, um, once this call comes your way, once this blessing comes your way, your emotions get invested without your permission. Your emotions going to get invested without your permission and the journey starts. It's going to start soon as you have that child saying you're not going to train, saying you're not going to <laughs> nurture you saying you're going to be a mostly unattached from that child, it's, it's not really being real. So if you don't want to get in, involved in training a child or being a team player, uh, don't get the journey started. I tell a lot of young men, you know, uh, if you don't want to have children, there are a lot of ways not to have children. But if you decide to take on the responsibility of being a father, a part of being a father is, Number one, being a team player, because you're gonna have to play a role on a team. Number two, you're gonna have to spend time training. Um, but I can assure you, it assure you that it is it is a pleasant journey when correctly engaged. The following uh information that I'm gonna try to share with the fathers today hopefully is going to give them some help uh on how to really train effectively. You know, um the result of 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 trial training. And once we get into this uh, affects both the family and the society, I wanna say it again, the proper training is gonna affect the family and society. Many people in our culture don't recognize it is not the police job to train our children. It is not the school teacher's job to train our children. It is not the correction officer's job to to train our, our children. It is not the YMCA You know director it is not the basketball coach it is not the football coach's job to train our children if we train our children correctly it'll affect our family it's going to affect our society and watch this it's going to also affect the span of future generations so we've got to approach training with the right wisdom and and here it is and i hope that this really uh, connects with many people once we lose the family we lose society once once mm-hmm. we lose the family, that's why I, I really, really uh, I, I appreciate what you all are doing here at Further and that Because if we lose family, we lose society, many people focus on society. And, uh, you know, let's stop black on black killing. Well, you you really can't stop that until these young men are trained on, on what life really means. Uh, you can't affect that. Until they Better self esteem and they understand yeah what being a man is about, what a young boy has been about. You can't have them respect other people's daughters if they don't respect their own mother, if they don't respect their own sisters. Yes. And so training at home, when if we lose that, we actually lose society. School cannot do it. The church cannot do it. If the family is lost, there is no hope for tomorrow. So, you know, if I was a politician, I'm not. If I ran for the presidency of the United States, which i would never planned on doing that, but if I was a senator, my whole platform would be, right? Rebuilding the family because, you know, politicians always ask, what is the what is the solution to ails us? You know, can you imagine if we didn't have so many black men in prison, how that would affect the economy? If Can you imagine if we didn't have so many black men not working or committing crimes, or they will go home and and father their children. Do you understand the impact that would have on society? So I think that one of the major things we can talk about and deal with in this era would be training our children to affect uh, a society. Uh, Another part of your question to answer very quickly, how how do we do that? How do we train effectively? How can we train ourselves? The first part of your question, how can we be trained? How can we be better? at at, at receiving the information and being better fathers uh, or mothers? Or then how can we also train our children? You know, um, I'm going to give you a few points that I think would truly much effect and help those that may be listening. Number one, plan ahead. Proper training entails planning ahead, right? Um, You got to stay ahead. Always tell people it's better to be proactive than reactive, right? So with my children, I'm really proactive. I'm going to tell you it. My, my grandmother said, and this is an honor of Mother Day. My grandmother said, uh, take care of it up front so it don't stick out behind. You know, the old people had some, some slogans that just tear me up on the planet. <laughs> take care of it up front so it don't stick out behind, right? It, there, was, there was her way of saying, be proactive and not mm-hmm. reactive. Let's not reach out to our children once they're in jail. Let's be proactive. I'm going to teach my son how to make $100,000 a legitimate way so he doesn't feel like the only way to get a Bentley or, or to get 20 inch rims is go sell drugs. Right. So I'm going to show him you can get the same thing they get legally, but I'm going to make sure you get in school and get in the right programs so that you can benefit and live the same lifestyle in a legitimate way. So I'm going to plan ahead. I started him early in baseball, started him early in academics, giving him the help he needed. So when he got to a certain and I showed him what I was doing. I'm gonna show you this This is a a legal way to be successful. Now it's in his head. Now he understands where he wants to go. Number two, be responsible. Yes. Be responsible in the things that you have. Number three, set boundaries that create liberty. It's really heavy, I wish I had more time. Set boundaries that create liberty. So my kids have boundaries, but I don't set boundaries to put them in prison. I set boundaries that will ultimately create liberties for them. So I let them know when they let these boundaries be here, like at my company. I did when I started it, I made my son wash the dishes. He's the owner's son, but he did not manage the business. Go wash the dishes. You're going to go in there and mop the floors. I'm going to train you up just like everybody else. I'm going to train you up. I made him respect the supervisor that I hired. My daughter yeah. start working there. No, you come late, they're going to get on you. Go on time. Don't miss work. If you do that, I'm going to create some liberties for you because one day you're going to own this business. But before I want you to own it, to have all the liberties to tell everybody what to do, I want you to go through every single boundary I set so that when you become the boss, you're going to have empathy for everybody that you're going to have to discipline or you're going to know everything that you need to know to train somebody else. So he started with boundary, he didn't like it. I'm the owner's son, and you got me washing dishes right? And I'm making a minimum wage. You're not giving me no benefits. He didn't like it, but I made him do the things that I asked him to do. But ultimately, he created liberty Now, now he's running the business and hiring and firing people, but he has empathy because he had to wash dishes. He had to mop the floor. He had to serve people. He had to deal with way customers, but he was able to Endure the boundaries that ultimately gave him liberties. And then I would say, number four, communicate, communicate, communicate. So if you're training, communicate, communicate, communicate. Especially with children. Don't tell them to talk to you. Then you you just kill them for what they said. I've learned that the hard yes. way. Yes. You know, I said, my daughter, tell me anything. And she told me something one time, and I just wanted to just, just, like, get so upset. And my wife said, no, nah, no, don't do that. You told her. She could come to you with anything she ever, so I had to exhale, yes. <laughs> walk out the room, <laughs> come back, and be able to handle it. And then I would say the last two things is reward success, yes, right, and always remain positive. It may not look right. It may look like they're going wayward. It may look like things are not turning out the way you want them to turn out, but you got to remain positive because they are not just watching what you say. They're watching your reactions to what they did wrong. And so though I have to correct my children, I correct them with positive reinforcement. I'll let them know, I don't Mm -hmm. like it. Uh, You're wrong. That's not the way we want to do it. But as I'm correcting them, I'm going to let them know why I'm correcting them with a positive tone that I want them to be better than me. I want them to be successful at what they're doing. My son is that way. He's a really intelligent uh, young man and, uh, he he already believes he's smarter than me. And so when I correct him, <laughs> I have to let him know why I'm correcting him so that he doesn't feel like I'm just trying to use my power uh, in an unnecessary way. And so I'm going to say it again, plan ahead. Number two, be responsible, set boundaries that create liberty, communicate, reward success, and always remain positive. Those are Those oh. are the key principles I would give you uh to how uh to train ourselves and also how do we train our children to be impactful and successful in in this society man
0: that's a that's a phenomenal blueprint there bishop love it love Bless it, you. love it hey we are on right now with bishop harris bishop i know Jeremy, at at the beginning of the show uh pastor jake uh he <laughs> he said that you uh actually has you you're responsible for four churches but if, if a listener right now is listening to this and they say, man, I want to check Bishop Harris out, how can they uh, hear a sermon from you, Bishop?
1: Um, they can always go and connect with me on social media. Um, on Facebook, I have two pages. One is Bishop William Harris. Uh, and then one is William L. Harris. Um, those are areas where all of my social media platforms, I do a lot of quotes every day, always putting out positive information every day uh uh sermons teachings a lot of my class sometimes i go live just on the spur of the moment if something comes to me uh my website they can go there as well there is an archive of sermons there doctor with no period dr William uh is a good way to do that as well uh any of those social media platforms they can connect with me um, to hear sermons or to receive information also some of my books are there I got a great book for leaders called leadership um if if you are a leader in any facet of, of the world i wrote a book uh i worked in the in the secular world the fortune 500 company and then i end up happened to be a pastor so my father was a pastor i said i'm never going to be a pastor i don't care they don't make <laughs> enough money they don't make money they get talked about they they just don't you know so i came up never going to be a pastor so i started my educational career, secular career, working for a pharmaceutical company um, and uh, had this whole secular background. So I took a book and emerged secular theology and leadership with spiritual theology and leadership, which most church people don't understand. And so I was able to put uh, a book together called Leadership which talks about a new generation that we're moving into requires a new leader. So mm-hmm. it takes a new leader for this new era And so I did a how-to. Most books are hard to understand and got a lot of jargon. I actually went through this book and tried to give the how-to. So every chapter, how to build a team, right? How to move from A to Z is not a really deep book, but everybody that's read it, I think they enjoyed it. It's a how-to. And then the other book that I have on there is called Disturbing Into My Destiny. It's an inspirational book. And it talks about how sometimes trials push you to where God wants you to be. You know, uh, one, one part of that book I talked no, about, the devil's got me right where God wants me. So sometimes, you know, <laughs> the devil will even be, it's real. He comes in, it's all about the devil, but, the, but people don't know the devil can be used by God. God yes. will sometimes use the devil to get you to a position where God's going to bless you. And so yes. I talked about how sometimes trials that are meant to kill you will sometimes turn around and work for your good. And so people that need some words of encouragement <laughs> always refer them to the book, Disturbing to I, I even get excited when I talk about that book because <laughs> bad when you, when you write a book, it's supposed to just be for other people. Believe it yeah. or not, there's times I pick up my own book because a lot of it was inspired by God, not just me. And I read it and it actually lifts me to understand that a lot that I went through mm-hmm. created the opportunities that I have today and without the bad stuff, you wouldn't be here to celebrate the good things. So the golden nuggets I'm giving you <laughs> is from a lifetime of failure, for a lifetime of things not going my way. And somehow God used all of that bad stuff, disturbed me into my destiny to become who I am today. Again, I've got capacity only because of my experience, because of what I went through gave me something to say, right? And that's the only reason why I'm here today. It's not because I've been right or I've done everything right. It's because of my failures that have created opportunities for my future.
2: Oh, Man. oh my Man. goodness. Love it. We, we are all <laughs> with the incomparable Bishop William L. Harris talking strategic leadership and building capacity. You know, we're gonna ask this one and we we're, we're close because we are big on relationship. You know, the before there was time, space and matter there was father, son and Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, how, you know, Questions are how uh, we improve and connect, build capacity, strategically, has everything to do with quality help. Ministry literally means help or service. This question we ask our guests is always felt. This is something we always ask, uh, uh, and we take it with a, a, a lot of seriousness. Um, as a matter of fact, our very first meeting at, uh what's that, Ketter- what, what, what was that, Sloan, um, what school was that? Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai, Sinai, they were shocked because they thought we were coming there to to ask for something. We came in there and asked them this same question we're gonna ask you. How can Furthering Fathering bless and help you do what you're doing?
1: Absolutely, thank you for even asking the question. Um, I believe that uh, the ministries that that I do oversee, uh, specifically our international organization um, has hundreds of fathers who are a different facets of life and, and different levels of maturity. Um, I believe uh, collaboration in, in training, empowerment and service could help our fathers be better and encourage them even in the things that we do from a, a domestic and also an international uh, platform. Um, I, I believe a good step for us is to maybe connect with our uh, international men's ministry. And it's amazing you asked that because last week i was talking to our national director and uh, he asked me about pastor j and uh, asked me how can he connect with him and did i think that furthering fathers would be a ministry that the international men's department could collaborate with uh to further our visions together so i really believe and i think if we already set that connection up through our national men's director he should be reaching out to you shortly to make a connection between uh, our international organization and furthering fathers. There are really fathers that we bring together, even on a national level, at all of our national conferences. Plus, he started some virtual online platforms that they're getting together once a month with the fathers all over the country. So, I think yeah. a collaboration uh, of visions and service would be awesome uh, to to have uh, to bring the visions of ICAF and furthering fathers together to really impact our fathers. Fathers both. Amen.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah. Normally, I pray out. I normally wow. I pray out, but I'm going to ask you to pray us out. I'm going to ask you. To pray hey, us I'm
1: out. honored to uh, to come and uh, thank you for inviting me back to be on your Amen. show. And again, we hope that what we've said uh, today has been a blessing and will. Uh, and I believe that hey, the information is power. So I hope that I've stretched somebody's mind and their vision their hope and encourage them uh, to do better uh, as a father, as a leader, and maybe as a man or woman of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for furthering fatherhood today. Thank you for these two great men who have a vision to impact uh, fathers and families and society and the kingdom of God. We ask God that what you've given to them will not end with them, that what you give have given to them will succeed and grow higher than even their wildest expectations. That you give unto them the vision for the faithfulness and the consistency to build this great ministry, to build this great platform. Father, I ask that you increase them, that you expand them and that you bless them indeed. Bless all that are part of this show today and those will be a part in the future. And let us all become greater fathers, greater parents, Greater leaders, greater men and women of God, that your blessings would continually be upon us, that you bless us in our coming, that you bless us in our going. Expand us, enlarge our territory for thy sake. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen, and amen, and amen. amen. God bless you. Amen.
2: Love you, Bishop.
0: Love, Love you, Bishop. Bishop. Love you, Bishop. Thank you so much.